0: And welcome to the fifth episode of the Brood Sages, Stormbound players with a head for the game. I am joined, as always, by Sabaiku and Arthas Rue. Guys, how is it going?
1: Fantastic. I'm doing amazing here.
0: I think we all are this week. This has got to be one of the most exciting weeks to be a store-bound player. Uh, And in fact, we are so chock full of information today that I'm afraid we're going to have to get rid for uh, this episode only at least uh, with our how our weeks were portion of the podcast. So I'm just going to assume everybody's was good, right? Everybody was fine?
2: Oh, yeah. Great.
0: Great. Okay. (laughs) Moving on from there. There's some news. Uh, Part one of the news uh, we alluded to last week, which was that there was an ask me anything with the game developers. Uh, And in that, they gave some very interesting insights into how they plan on continuing the management and development of the game. We will get to some of the juicy bits from that uh, later in this episode. Uh, Along with that news, uh, today uh, uh, we are recording on Monday Uh, Monday the 28th, and so on Monday the 28th, some leaks came out about upcoming balance changes, which we will also get to later in the episode, but our biggest news, uh, at least for us uh, personally, was that we had our first guest interview. This was with Brejoza from Sheepyard, uh, and he discussed a wide range of topics, which we're very excited to give to you now, Uh, including in those are some, as of prior to tonight, never- released leak information on where the game is headed so please enjoy well i am here with bjoza bjoza uh good afternoon or evening to you
3: yeah it's afternoon uh, almost 5 p.m hello it's great to, ha- to be here
0: uh, and it's wonderful to have you on um so let's get started uh, what is your official role and responsibilities at sheepyard
3: Well, I'm hired in Shipyard as a community manager, uh, initially only for Stormbound, but there might be some other titles I'll be working on as well, like really soon. Uh, But also about the Stormbound, I'm uh, working as a, let's call it a designer, I guess. We've got the lead designer and I help him on daily basis, so I'm also a designer, I guess. Yeah, yeah, like that. So, you know, community stuff, social media stuff, uh, some uh, support stuff and yeah, the design stuff.
0: Well, well, I'll make it clear to Paul next time I talk to him that we don't want to share you with any other game. You, you are a dedicated Stormbound person, as far as we are concerned.
3: Thank um, ha- you.
0: <laughs> How did you get started in gaming? Uh, what was the first video game that you like really fell in love with and started getting addicted to?
3: I can recall two titles. The first one is the Hercules uh, I played on PS One with my mother when I was like, I don't know, maybe three or four years old Uh, but after that my first pc game that i totally felt in love and i also played it for like like incredible amount of time because i just couldn't handle it and didn't know how to pass some levels was a a game called evil islands i'm not sure if you know it it was a like totally old-school rpg which isn't that good by the way i checked it a few years (laughs) ago and (laughs) it's a total crash
0: (laughs) Uh, and you got into uh, uh, streaming for a little bit, did you not? You've been a streamer for a while.
3: Yeah, actually, I've streamed like uh, almost three thousand hours, mostly CCG games, mostly Gwent. Actually, yeah, it was uh, it was due to uh, like uh, some pause in my in my company workflow. I've been working on one project back back in a day, a big one, and then I had to wait for it. Uh, for a few people to join with uh, with their like how to say it i don't know uh, like their actual input uh, since i was so busy i decided to buy a microphone and a camera i started i started the first stream learned how to do it in like two days uh, you know googling stuff and yeah that was that was the first time actually and it was gwent by the way so card game as well
0: yeah, I've actually played a bit of it. It's quite fun. Um, just as an aside, uh, do you like the uh, Netflix series on Gwent? Have you uh, have you seen it?
3: Uh, it's a difficult one to talk about. You know, I've read all the books. <laughs> uh, I've been a fan since like early, very early stages of my of my life. Well, the series was kind of exciting, you know. Uh, let me say it was like 6 out of 10. But yeah, it, it was good. It was pretty good. And I will watch the second uh, season for sure.
0: Maybe we'll do a watch party at some point.
3: Yes, yeah, sure, why not?
0: When did you start playing Stormbound?
3: Mm, that was the day when I uh, was trying to get hired to Shipyard, actually. I found the, uh, the job offer. I looked what this game is about. And I uh, uh, told myself that I love it. So I decided to send my uh, CV. I hope it's, it's the same in English. My resume, I think. Yeah. In yes, Yes. your resume. Yeah, so when I got uh, scheduled for a meeting with Pavel, our CEO, I was already after like 20 hours of playing Storybound and totally uh, addicted to it. So, so that's how it started.
0: Awesome. And, w- and what is your favorite faction?
3: My favorite faction? I think it's Swarm. Yeah, it's definitely Swarm. I've played so many Swarm games uh, comparing to other ones. I, I just love to rush, you know? I love to aggro. I love to finish games ASAP. That was the same in Hearthstone. That was the same in Gwent, also in Le- Legends of Runeterra. I just like to aggro you know?
0: Oh, for sure. Uh, and what cards or mechanics do you uh, particularly enjoy in
3: the game? Hmm. It's... It's a tough one because I I can answer that from the you know designer point of view and also from the player point of view. For example, I love uh, I love to convert. I love to uh, I love to freeze, but it's not exactly how I want it to look like yet. At least uh, as a player, it's very you know like uh, enjoyable for me. Uh, but from the designing point of view, it's it's very problematic. Mm. So, so if I would have to ask. I think the freeze. And I know that people can attack me now because how how actually freeze works now and how bad it is. But yeah, I think freeze.
0: Yeah, there's going to be some flame wars over that for sure.
3: Yeah, I know. that. But I can tell you that it's going to be fixed. I mean, not fixed, a little tweaked really soon. But maybe not really soon, but... We've got some. We've got some ideas. We are already testing something.
0: Oh, you heard it here first, folks! All right, and uh, last thing about uh, your personal experience playing Stormbound. What's your uh, username and password? <laughs>
3: Well uh, let me let me type it to you and we can go to the another question.
0: Excellent, excellent. So uh this year has been a, a big year for Sheepyard, obviously. Uh they took over the responsibilities of uh maintaining and developing the game uh from Paladin. How how's that gone? Since taking over um what have there what have been some of the biggest changes that you guys have implemented?
3: Mm, the biggest changes are actually uh coming right now very soon. I don't know if I can talk about them yet but you'll find out in within a few days i think uh yeah all the previous changes that we've made since uh since april was like you know minor little small ones we are testing our capabilities so uh, all i can say is that uh, you need to wait a little bit longer for for the big ones but they are coming that i can i can promise
0: We'll, we'll be sure to get you back on the show then to talk about those as soon as they go live.
3: It's going to be live on thirtieth, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So, so the friend. Okay, I can answer that for now. Uh, it's going to be friendly matches for sure. That was that was the the biggest challenge for us. It was uh, such so difficult to actually implement and also program it so uh, so it doesn't make any any problems etc. But yeah, the friendly matches.
0: Now, you you showcased in the uh, Discord server a little while ago a menu for friendly matches that allowed you to implement any of the Brawl uh, uh, systems. Now, you don't have to confirm or deny right now. But if you just accidentally tap on your microphone twice to tell me, is that actually going to be what's going live next week?
3: <laughs> yeah, it's going live tomorrow. Oh, that is
0: Excellent, excellent, excellent. What have been some of the uh, biggest hurdles that you've had to overcome?
3: Well, finding the, the perfect team, I have to tell. It's such a, a complicated uh, system and also uh, such a complicated game to program and to develop. Uh, you can't even imagine. We, had to, we spent so many time uh, on actually looking for it. Uh, the best people that will be capable of developing the game as we wanted to. I was the first one to be hired to work on Stormbound to learn the game, etc. As a you know, hardcore CCG player, etc. To understand it and to uh, teach people uh, so they don't waste time. And yeah, finding the exact people we are looking for was the, the biggest hurdle for sure.
0: But it's reassuring to know that you're taking that time and care to make sure that the game's in good hands.
3: Yeah, of course, and uh, the team is completed now. So, so we, we've put some time, we've put some effort, and yeah, we are ready to make actual changes in a few months. Oh man, I cannot wait.
0: So unlike a lot of games um, that get developed by you, for example, or any other company, uh, you've assumed a game that already had established cards, characters, all the rest of it in it. Um, are there any of those cards that have been particularly difficult to balance or, you know, if you guys had started from the beginning with the game, maybe that particular card or mechanic might not have been in the game because of oddities of it or whatever.
3: Oh, yeah. Uh, if I was there since the beginning with Paladins, with Stormbound, I would never let uh, something like the mana gain to be added into the game. It's it's such a problematic. Uh, like uh, a me- uh, such a problematic mechanic, anything that adds anything to the rounds, uh, anything that like works above the actual balance and strength, movement, etc., but influences the uh, the actual round flow, turns flow, etc., is is like a big no no. Uh, at least for me. So yeah, this one. So, so the mana game for sure.
0: So looking forward, there seems to be a rhythm of game updates like the nerfs and buffs that we've been seeing coming from Sheepyard. Are you settling into some sort of rhythm and can you talk about what that rhythm is going to be?
3: I can say something, I think. Uh, you can totally expect us to add some balance changes every month. So uh, whenever a new season hits the game, uh, there's going to be some changes to make the meta fresh and uh, like uh, entertaining. More than before, so people don't get bored, but not like a big changes, just a, you know, minor ones. And also, around every like two to three months, you can expect something something bigger.
0: Ooh, now you you say that it's going to be mostly small tweaks. Does that mean that you're currently happy with the meta balance?
3: Yeah, actually, very happy uh we are watching the data the statistics every day and we are trying to you know uh, first of all understand that and separate uh, the actual data uh, from the uh, voices of the community because whenever a person like has a level five card of this type etc it's always problematic and they uh, will never look at the balance like a realistic point of view that it's going to be good or bad, it's always like influenced by by the by their humor because they owned it before. Uh, so if we are you're happy, yeah, we are.
0: Are there any plans to uh, help make Fan a little stronger? Asking for my uh, hosts.
3: <laughs> so Shadowfen stronger, yeah, sure. Uh, only for your hosts. <laughs> I'll make so sure there you to, go to add some buffs to it. Yeah, he's definitely. I'll, uh, underpowered
0: faction right now for sure i'll give you arthas's uh player id so that you can buff all of his shadow fan cards for him yeah no problem so you said there's going to probably be uh more major updates every two to three months uh does that mean you're thinking of those uh as as expansions as as you know a whole bunch of new cards or do you imagine that it's going to be a couple of cards here or there get added the way you did with uh, like rogue sheep
3: well We've got uh, something like a roadmap for the next over two years, and uh, it's pretty much uh, most of it made of uh, a big features that are not in game yet. And we have to balance the adding new cards into also adding new features, the big ones like, for example, the friendly matches system that are going to go live tomorrow, uh, and we've decided to, at least for now, uh, go with one card every two weeks. so. So there is going to be something new, very like uh, in not too big uh, time uh, frames. Mm, and also in the season when it starts and uh, until it ends, there should be like two new cards. So so there is always going to be something big that we are working on, but we're not really thinking about releasing uh, big expansions with like 50 cards that would take too much of uh, manpower. From our team, so so rather not. But at some point, we are planning to be releasing a card every week, so it's going to always be fresh.
0: Can you give any ideas on uh, any new mechanics that you're considering adding to the game?
3: Uh, I would love to, because there are a few that I'm in totally love. But well, you know what? All I can say, one is going to be work, similarly to to Hearthstone Silence. Okay.
0: Oh, getting rid of the death rattles.
3: Yeah, and other Ooh. things. Yeah, that's all I can say.
0: Okay. no, that's great. That's fantastic. Um, so outside of the game, are there any kind of um events, whether they be uh like a eSport league or online tournaments, or um maybe even in person events, uh like a, a convention that Sheepyard would like to pursue?
3: About something big, we are indeed planning on making something like a StormCon. At some point, hopefully, when the game hits like uh, the new heights that it's never seen before, uh, so yeah, that's our plan. Pavel would love to uh, to host something like that, and uh, me as well. Uh, about the like s- small tournaments, small events, etc. Uh, we are always happy to um, to help with organizing something like that. with preparing some matches, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Maybe some gifts like rubies for the tournament winners. So whenever a community is willing to uh, try to organize something, then we will always uh, like to help you with it. Wonderful.
0: So I guess two quick questions to finish it off then. Can we get some idea of a baseline? Where are we right now with the growth of the game?
3: (sighs) That's a tough one to answer. Uh, We are at the beginning, I would say. Yeah, we've got some estimations and definitely it's it's a good start now.
0: And then we just celebrated uh, the third anniversary of the game. If you do come back a year from now, you, describe how you would like to see the game in the community a year from now.
3: In a year, yeah. Mm, mm-hmm. I would imagine and I would love to see a Discord full of people with like two, maybe 3,000 live people online all the time with uh, social media feeds filled with uh, you know, comments, likes, ideas for the new modes, for new cards, etc, etc. I would totally see Stormbound because I know its potential to, to actually be amazing and, and big as other big uh, CCG titles. So if I came back next year, let me tell you that I'm pretty sure, actually I'm sure that in, in a year I'll be very happy knowing what I know right now
0: oh that is exciting hopefully you come on more often than just a year from now uh, but when you do come on in a year i will certainly ask you first question will be are you happy well Georgia, thank you so much for the interview today this was wonderful um congratulations on uh celebrating the anniversary this past week and a wonderful rollout of everything that went with that celebration and uh good luck on the rollout tomorrow morning i hope it goes uh, beautiful and
3: smooth thank you very much it was a pleasure to be here
0: Okay, guys, so that was a very interesting interview. Uh, and it's yet another breadcrumb in a trail of breadcrumbs that Sheepyard is now leaving for us. I think we can start to put together a picture for our listeners of where Sheepyard is moving stormbound, uh, especially now that, you know, as they said in the AMA, they've finally uh, uh, feel like they've taken over full control that it took a while for them to kind of gain competency in developing this uh, code base. And also, if you notice, Brugioza said that they finally feel like they have the full team on board now. So we can assume that these October 1st updates are the first sort of real, we've got both hands on the wheel and and we know where we're driving Stormbound updates. And with that, Let's go through some of them. Let's uh, discuss uh, um, some of the mechanic discussions from that interview.
1: So you talked about how they have assumed control of the game here. And he mentioned a couple of mechanics that he described as problematic from the designer point of view. Uh, one of them is one that we had identified early on where mana gain allows you to just do too much with your turn. And it's very difficult to balance specifically winter pack just does not have great early game cards because having good early game cards and good mana gain that allows you to do more with your turns later in the game just kind of makes you a little too overpowered and i think that's really evident in cheap yards perspective from the way that they rebalance gift of the wise and frozen core very early on in the game
0: yeah definitely trying to minimize that uh impact Arthas, what did you think about the uh, mention of freeze potentially being uh, a a problem?
2: Well, freeze being a problem, it is something that the community has been very vocal about, like before, especially when freeze was, you know, at its like peak many, many months ago. It's basically a year now. I think it's more of like the way it impacts the user experience and how it just really saps out the fun of the game when you're against them. And then also kind of feeling like you're forced to join the freeze meta. As the only way to counter them, it wasn't really healthy for the game at all. So uh, I'm excited to see that they are still trying to uh, fix it, and I'm really curious to see what they have for ideas.
0: So I'm going to go back. Uh, I'm I'm turning 40 this year. I'm going to go back uh, until let's see. I was probably around 11 or 12 years old. I have two older half brothers, and uh, they were both much older than me, about eight or nine years older than me. Uh, and so one of them was right around 19. And at the time, he could grab both my wrists and hold them together with one hand while smacking me in the face with the other. (laughs) And that's kind of what freeze when it's at its full power feels like, right? You are completely incapacitated and unable to do anything. You see it coming, but there's
2: nothing. You can't do anything. Yeah, there's just no counterplay. And it's just not fun.
1: (laughs) Right. So what do we think the new freeze is going to look like? It sounds like they're planning on some minor changes, not a complete overhaul.
0: And and I think that's right. I think, I think you know, I, I mean, I can't speak to it as much as Arthas can, so Arthas, maybe you'd like to answer this, but my initial take is that the current freeze is closer to imbalance than the old freeze was.
2: I guess if you mean by imbalance as in, like, underwhelming, then yes, for sure. It's just really hard to, <laughs> <laughs> It's really hard for uh, players to really optimize the freeze strategy. I, like, me, um, when I played a couple days ago, I tried to play Zivana with Freeze. It was just really hard to play her because of the way positioning had to work and the way that my units are in the way while I'm freezing others, and I need those spaces to actually synergize. It, w- it made it very, very awkward. So it's like, well, I'm not really sure. And what excites me the most is I actually personally do not have any ideas how to fix Freeze.
0: Uh, something that froze as a uh, on death so that you could play it this turn with the mana budget you currently have and those units would be frozen for your following turn to allow you to do things that synergize with frozen minions with a new set of mana
1: oh so like a a whole setup for it for the next turn Rewarding players that can play in ahead, though. Correct, Hmm.
0: exactly. So it's not quite as overpowerful as uh, allowing you to do it all on one turn, but at the same time, it gives you some more flexibility with being able to do not only freeze, but freeze synergy cards. Uh, at a lower mana budget. Uh, we don't have time to speculate too much because there's just so much in this episode. Um, I will simply say that we, I, I there was one other thing Jose said when he was talking about uh, uh, freeze being one of his favorite but most problematic uh, mechanics. He also briefly mentioned that convert was in that same category, although I couldn't quite understand whether he meant that convert was one of his favorite uh, mechanics, or that it was a favorite mechanic that was also flawed and, and needed rebalancing.
1: He didn't seem to indicate that it needed a rebalancing, but he did say it is problematic from a designer's point of view, and I suspect that it's limiting the design space for the team.
2: I think in the basis of um, trying to trying to think about why it's problematic, I think it's more like um, if you're playing conversion, you are rewarded when the enemy is playing putting value on the board i think that's where the problem comes from because but that's the
0: whole point of conversion <laughs> I, know, I don't want to convert your word. recruits i want to convert <laughs> your tiger i want
2: to recruit your embers right i want to recruit the stuff that's like got high value play to it i guess from the enemy's perspective it just feels you feel like you're cheated when you're when you deserve this value that you placed on it just take gets taken away from
1: you you know
0: yeah i totally agree
1: it's also good from a tempo perspective, right? Like you can just take your opponent's farthest unit and turn it back. If your opponent plays in a stacked manner to try to you know, limit the damage from something like a Crimson Sentry, then they're punished by the Convert also. I understand where they're coming from in that Convert is a tool that has a lot of power, but it feels like the way it's currently implemented has enough limits with the strength limit from clerics uh, and the positioning limit from clerics and brute sages that... Mm -hmm. Sorry, clerics and blood ministers. That it's reasonable.
0: Yeah, I'll 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 be the one uh, uh, counterpoint voice to it and say that clerics should have a weaker body. If if and this is the same kind of argument that we had in episode three. Okay, boomers. If blood ministers needed to be reduced because it provides such a value swing when it's played and That you shouldn't get the additional tempo advantage of the body, then clerics, I think, uh, is too big of a body and should likewise be nerfed.
2: Oh, um, oh, I disagree. Uh, difference with the blood ministers is that given that the enemy units are already in the strength threshold, you're guaranteed to convert it, you know. Whereas with mm-hmm. clerics, let's say there are two units, one of them's one strength, the other one's like five strength, but they're bordering. And there is still that randomness that you have to deal with. And not to mention, the clerics can only convert one. And sometimes you can't really choose which one it is.
0: That's fair. I'll I'll, I'll agree with that. Okay, so moving on from here. Speaking of me- uh, mechanics in the game that can really punish value plays like Embers of Ooh. Chaos. <laughs> Jose let slip. I don't know if Pavel's particularly happy about this. But he lets slip that they are playing around with some kind of silence like mechanic for the game and all i have to say is yes
1: (laughs) this will definitely make games more interesting and potentially giving control decks another tool to play around with
2: i heard that it was with inspiration from the silence mechanic in hearthstone Which I I have no idea how it works in
1: Hearthstone, by the way. So in Hearthstone, Silence Mechanic will remove any sort of on-death effect, but also remove any sort of card text like after taking damage and all also remove any buffs that have been stacked onto the card
0: so you play blessed with brawn for example and immediately you can just silence all that extra buff away i don't know if that's necessarily what they're doing (laughs) but being able to being able to like shut down lady rhyme just to her base health for example like the health that she was played with Hmm, that's interesting.
2: I, don't, I I don't think it's more about like undoing something that's already happened. It's more like preventing something to happen, right? So like things like on death effects, right? Like if you would stop Crimson Sentry from exploding or stopping Elders from triggering their abilities when they do take damage, but not like if they've already done the ability then it's just undone.
0: So my biggest concern with this is that in Hearthstone silence uh, during certain metas where there were high value or um, high uh, health taunt or other sort of continual value minions being played in the meta at a high rate, silence became an auto-include, right? And so I already feel like gifted recruits and green protos are effectively in 99.99% of the decks. If there was a silence unit out there that had the sort of full range of silence abilities. I feel like it would potentially, not knowing the, you know, the stats on the unit, its mana cost and health, but I feel like it could potentially be a third auto include and now we're at 25% of our deck Already being spoken mm, for before yeah. we even know what faction we're talking about, right? Like that's that's a little scary.
1: Well, and we don't even know if it's limited to enemy units, but it could be play green prototypes and then silence your own green prototype so you don't have any negative effect from your own unit. Ooh, that's, very that's exciting. Ring.
0: Oh, I like this. <laughs> I like so the question <laughs> is,
1: is it limited to enemy units or can you target anything? For example, if your unit gets frozen, maybe you could use it to remove the freeze effect.
0: Well, yeah, but you'd be playing it after the freeze effect already prevented them from moving. So I don't know what benefit that would
1: be. Uh, all right. For another example, if your unit gets poisoned, you could use it to remove the poison effect.
0: Okay. That I like confusion
1: remove your enemy's ability to play amber hides if he's trying to set up copper skin on one turn and amber hides on the next thanks if has got the brains for this uh, what, what,
2: what what
0: if it didn't silence units but could also silence towers
2: it better be temporary otherwise
1: uh poor guy that would be fantastic
0: <laughs> your true shot is now a fort of Evan Rock. good game mia that next turn enjoy <laughs>
2: Yo, you silence your unstable so Mia doesn't break it.
1: Right? Now you're thinking. You put a two-man tower uh, to hold your front line, and then you silence it so it stays holding your front line. And now it's stronger than Evan Rock. Oh my gosh! Now we don't know if we don't know if this silence is tied to a spell, to a unit, or both. We don't know if there's a geographic constriction on the board or if it's going to be applicable anywhere there's there's a lot we don't know about it but there's certainly a lot of possibility there
0: yeah i agree i'll I'll close just by saying if convert has sheepyard a little concerned because it feels bad when you're playing high value cards and you get them stolen I think there's a likewise consideration for uh, feeling bad when you play your embers and then they (laughs) silence it.
1: (laughs) Feels bad is one thing, but making it so strong that it's an auto-include in every deck is worse because Mm -hmm. having some variety in what you play against is very important. So I do hope it's thoughtfully implemented.
0: I am glad you bring this up. Looking at everything that they said in the AMA, everything Brjoza said in the interview, and even all of the nerfs and buffs that they've done to date, including the ones that they leaked on Monday of this week, I feel like Sheepyard's entire strategy right now is to try to broaden the cards that are seeing high rates of play in the meta. Oh, yeah. My current take is that at the beginning of this year, as a business, they invested in intellectual property. They bought it from Paladin or licensed it. You know, they're they're renting it, however you want to think of it. And they then got a hold of it, took a look at the data and realized that they bought a whole bunch of intellectual property, but not all of it is being leveraged. A whole bunch of it is seeing zero play. And when you think about it, the low-hanging fruit for them as a business was to figure out ways of getting the meta expanded without ever, ever having to actually make another card. Just change the balancing, change the strengths of certain cards, and try to increase by maybe 30, 40, 50 percent the number of cards that see high rates of play in the meta. Boy, it would feel like a whole new game at that point, and they haven't had to try to develop new cards. So with that involved, one of the things that Joseph said several times is that they want to keep the meta fresh. And as part of that, they plan on having monthly changes. They're going to balance, i.e. nerf and buff cards each season. And on top of that, in the mid-season, they may introduce a card or two. After that, there will be larger changes to the game, not necessarily to cards, but to the game, every couple of months. So I'm gonna ask you first, Subaiku, is this schedule enough? Does it need to be faster? Will the meta settle out? Or is this perfect? It will always be perturbed and there will always be stuff going on.
1: I'm not worried about faster changes being needed. This game does not have the high player base that Hearthstone does. It's really taking longer for the meta to settle down and new decks are being discovered still from the rounds of uh, card changes that have been made by Sheepyard. The winter control decks, when everyone said winter was a dead faction, Uh, us included really have taken over and surprisingly winter is really relevant again and still very strong and nobody really tried experimenting with it for like a month
0: i'll take the blame on that i I said it was dead and yeah the uh, underground springs ulf deck is certainly a legit legit ladder deck right now
2: i am extremely guilty for playing such a deck because after leveling up my errand to four oh (laughs) I've <laughs> been wreaking havoc as an actual whale. And, uh, yeah, I, I feel bad for uh, not saying I'm a whale. So Arthas, you, you've, been
0: the, you've been in this game for a bit. You, 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 How long have you been playing? Not since the beginning, right? But you've been playing for over a year, right?
2: Almost. I think it's been two years now for me. Two years. Okay, so, so yeah.
0: to, to your experience in the game, the idea of cards being adjusted monthly and maybe a new card or two uh, introduced like two weeks later. Does that sound like an adequate amount of change to the game to keep it fresh and new and fun?
2: You know, ever since I got like pretty good at the game, like starting like Platinum, it's been, it's honestly been the one thing that I wish they did. I wish they did monthly changes or even more because um, before Stormbound, I played a lot of Clash Royale and Clash Royale does a lot of balance changes. And it's really amazing how much the changes, even if the changes are very minimal, like they're a bit insignificant sometimes, it's enough of a placebo effect to get people to start experimenting on cards they haven't really played before and it really shakes up the meta and keeps things so much more fresh and I'm so glad that they're doing this because it's really something that I really, really wanted for this game. Obviously there are some opinions out there that maybe... Don't want too many changes, especially because of, um, you know, let's say they invest a lot of fusion stones on a really powerful epic card, and then it gets nerfed to bits or something, right? They're going to feel a bit a bit cheated with that. But at least there are some monthly changes, so there might be some things that would um, pick you up if, um, let's say, your favorite card got nerfed a bit, but then there's this other one that's like in your top three favorite cards that got buffed, and you're happy with that. And like like Brazosa said the monthly changes would be mostly minor. And and I agree, it should be minor. It shouldn't shake up the meta too much
1: that leads me into the next question that i wanted to ask which is are these minor changes enough to really shake up the meta and to get people to play different decks or is it going to result in not enough changes in the meta still feeling stale
0: well i think we can look at the changes that have already happened the the uh the incidence of running into hunter's vengeance for example this past month has been easily double to triple what it was before that I see it all the time now. It's just a commonly played card, uh, and it should be, quite frankly. Um, So I feel like at least one card is new. I see uh, Harry Chestnuts a lot less than I used to. I never Mm -hmm. see Bucks. Uh, Bucks is gone from the meta. It it, it might as well not be a card currently, but Queen still sees play, which tells us that Bucks was maybe a little overpriced before, but everybody tolerated that because they didn't have to pay. (laughs) Yeah. So, no, I, I, my opinion on this is that the changes that they're making while minor, like one mana difference or one power level difference, even the hysteria change, quite frankly, I wasn't sure if it was a nerf or a buff. And I'm still not, but I play it a lot more because the card simply has a lot more use now than it used to. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, there are definitely some changes that seem minor at first. And we can get to some of those changes later because we have some leaks for them. Um, yeah, the Monday of this week, there are some leaks about the upcoming Shipyard uh, 2 updates. Uh, oh, yeah. Some of the balance changes, and those are very
1: exciting. Let's get into those now.
0: Okay, so mentioned so far as of uh the 28th of september avian stalkers will drop to six mana from seven toxic sacrifice is going to move up to two mana from one however it does one additional damage at every level loris king in exile his ability will affect one additional strength scrap planners gets buffed man Ooh, it gets all bigger uh, I'm I'm not going to get into the exact. We'll talk of about it. this later. <laughs> yeah, you can always get to yeah yeah. That's true because in equals, that's really relevant, isn't it? Uh, siege breakers will be one movement by default, and the ability moves from bordering to surrounding. I'm not really sure what that does. Boomers. Boomers, friggin' boomers gets nerfed. I am so glad. Boomers gets nerfed and not only does it get nerfed, it gets nerfed to what we discussed in episode three as a reasonable nerf, which is to bring it in line with bucks and chestnuts in terms of zero movement. So now you can't abuse it on the turn you play it. You can get a ping off. That's it, a ping.
1: Which I think is a reasonable change. Totally. The strength of the Booming Professors stays the same. That's a reasonable strength for the mana cost. The effect is reasonable for the mana cost. Now it's just a little bit easier to play around and a little harder to get consistent sources of damage out of it.
0: Yeah, I, I was I was never upset with getting hit for four or five on a turn. I mean, you know, that's a, that's a good turn from a chip deck. That's a great turn from a Chestnuts deck. But the problem was when it was eight or ten or twelve. that's there's a little too much. There were also a few feline confusion cards that were um not leaked in their entirety, but uh there there looks to be some sort of cat card being uh, leaked and also a uh I don't know what you want to call well, it Well, people it a in dog? the Discord
2: people in Discord call it the Anubis card. It looks a lot like uh, Anubis sure yeah yeah, I can yeah see it. very much like a like dog dog. Or wolf <laughs> yeah.
3: some sort of
0: canine um but we don't know anything about their abilities so we're not going to get into them too much aside to say the art looks well perfect fit for stormbound i think so i will ask this one's going to go to arthas because i know neither Sabaiku nor i have played this card avian stalkers <laughs> down avian to six stalkers. mana
2: what all right think? um with my experience, my recent experience from Faction Wars, people have been experimenting with Avian Stalkers. And that's with it, its current state at 7 mana. And uh, it's it's a really cool, surprising card to play with or against. And <laughs> I know there aren't a lot of people that play Equals, but I love Equals and the tournaments that go around with, around with it. But I'm actually really excited for this. Uh, mana is a big deal in this game. And usually when cards get changed, when they're mana stats get changed. Uh, usually that's like one of the biggest change a card can get. Having them cost one less mana, so they're six now, would probably see some play now instead of none. <laughs> and it's really amazing to pair it up with the recently buffed Emerald, uh, Emerald Towers, which now have uh, extra strength from the previous balance patch. So that's really exciting to see that combo, and I'm actually curious to try that out myself too.
0: Interesting. Okay, so Baiku. Toxic Sack. Up to two from one, but it does an additional damage. Nerf? Buff? Burf? What do you think?
1: (laughs) Burf is a good word. It's it's a change that makes it more useful as an AoE, especially when you have the card at lower levels and you're trying to punch up, but does take away the flexibility of the card. One of the things that I've always liked about Toxic Sacrifice quite a bit is that you can use it defensively, or you can use it offensively to clear your own units out of the way and make room for a runner to strike for lethal. This makes that a little bit harder, it reduces the flexibility of the card, but I think at 2 mana, you can still really fit it in anywhere and still be highly competitive against swarm decks. Regarding the Toxic Sacrifice change, uh,
2: Berzoza on the Discord uh, mentioned that Toxac was the most impactful card in the Shadowfin kit. And so they were... Trying to be cautious about how much they want to change such a fundamental card. And, and something that really fits the theme of Shadowfin and it's self-harm, right? They don't want to like completely destroy it. And I know you guys call it a nerf, but I, I would call it a rework. Rework, if it's good. But a lot of people on the Discord are saying that it's mostly a nerf. And that's understandable, given that it's double mana now. But from my experience, uh, I actually really like this change. I kind of prefer this one. Because um, in at least like half of the scenarios, I use Toxac, I have at least one extra mana. So now Toxac just does more damage. So I'm a bit excited <laughs> for that. <laughs>
1: All right, Freeloader, to speak to your point from earlier, what this does is it takes Toxic Sacrifice away from that list of cards that you auto include in every Shadow Fan deck yes. and makes you think about if this is something you want to include or are you going to put something else that doesn't typically see play in your deck instead? It just widens the range of possible cards that you could use.
0: Exactly. You might still end up at Talk sack, but at least you're having a conversation about other cards at the two mana slot that you weren't having when it was at one mana, right? Like, I don't know, gosh, even Brood Sages is a decent card because I have helio troopers in my deck, but gosh, it's two instead of one. Rush decks, especially running Toxac, I've always found to be kind of interesting and funny but it's yeah, right
1: it's 100 right
0: exactly now at two mana at least you have to pause for a minute and ask yourself as a rush deck whether or not you want to be playing this certainly any control shadow fen deck wants it even more now yes it costs a little more but it does more damage and frankly for a control deck that's great
2: i'm, I'm willing to say that out of all the leaked changes that are coming up this is probably the healthiest change yeah sure it does more damage so it's not like a buff or a nerf it's a it's a rework a in birth. terms of object <laughs> in terms of the objective stats it is except the
0: name it's a birth enough <laughs> said oh right. actually we could call it enough do you prefer enough to a birth
2: yeah no We'll, we'll go no, with the burf. Okay. I like the burf. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, um, so about the two mana thing, I always feel dirty, uh, completely clearing an enemy's front line at like five or six mana. And that's only doable, really, with toxak at one mana. I'm glad that's not a thing anymore because that that's just too much. clear uh clearing up that that quickly and not just that with the extra additional damage it's actually harder to trigger elders now things like nuts because you might kill them instead so it's really really healthy i really like this change and not just that oh oh my gosh (laughs) i'm so excited for this card in equals dude i'm gonna wreak havoc
0: That's also true. Yeah, very good point about elders. I did not think about that. Uh, we, we don't have time to, unfortunately, we don't have any time to dilly-dally here. Moving on to Loras King in Exile, its ability affects one additional strength, so it's effectively Hysteria with a body, and it affects all the u- units as opposed to just one, but what do we think? We like it? I love I this. I love
2: it. I love this a lot. Uh, as a Loras user myself, I always found that the only thing holding him back was that, oh, I wish the ability was just one more, and it's, they gave exactly that.
0: <laughs> yeah, this will this will definitely be good. I, you know, m- mine's only level three, so I always blamed it on, on having just a low-level card, but now it'll feel like a level four, which will feel great. Um, we're going to skip scrap planners for just a second because I think uh, we've taken care of uh, boomers, so the only other card to discuss right now is Siege Breakers.
1: It's a card. It'll be relevant in the Seder Brawl.
0: It was always relevant in the Seder Brawl. It just wasn't. But now it'll be
1: more. Now it'll be it, more, it will be an that has more sure. movement. Right. Now it's, it's, it's an surrender in yeah, the it's Seder Brawl. Bro. Right. So right. where yeah, this is where this is impactful actually is if towers become a significant part of the meta, the ability change from bordering to surrounding makes this actually much less limited. Mm-hmm. And plus and the makes, movement. Makes makes it an actually viable tech card as opposed to something you don't want to include. Even when forty percent of the meta is ironclad,
2: given that siege biggers has been a meme of this game for a
1: very long time, of how useless it is, it really deserves the
2: insane buff with the plus one movement and changing the ability to affect surroundings that are bordering.
0: I'm gonna try it. I'll admit, I'm gonna try it. Oh Get yeah, a,
2: a lot of people will be
0: okay. So, scrap planners. This is kind of the biggest nerf was obviously tox The biggest buff, I think, goes to scrap planners. I'll, I'll I'll say it now. Um, going through the levels, it used to be three four five six seven now it is four five six seven nine
2: okay uh let me just uh, clear up the way you said that um the scrap planner's ability where it sets the strength to three at level one and seven at uh, level five um that ability actually stays the same. They're just increasing the initial strength of the card by 1. Now, interestingly, in the first leak, and I don't really want to talk about the first leak too much because the first leak included that at level 5, the initial strength would be 9. And uh, the Discord kind of got really wild about that because everyone's saying this is just way too broken. And we were just saying all of our um, opinions and all the situations why it's broken. That Berzoza actually said, Hey, okay. So we changed our plans to um, for scrap planners. We're bringing down the level 5 strength to initial strength to 8 now instead of 9. And they are now testing that. So... For one massive shout out to sheepyard and and Brzoza, who's active in the discord for having that really quick responsiveness and actually really listening to the community so yes. that round of to applause make changes like this it's i'm i'm so I'm really proud of that and i'm I'm so grateful that they're capable of doing that but uh yeah, some people think that it might not be used as much uh brazoza says it's its win rate is like twenty percent and it's like one of the least used cards apparently, which uh. I guess I, it's, it's hard for me to really see because it, most of the data comes from the uh, gold or platinum leagues, right? So I don't have that much experience with there.
0: I
1: can definitely say that when you this card is under leveled, it is underwhelming. Mm-hmm. It, oh, for sure. It's easy enough to clear, so I can definitely appreciate this buff and hopefully it increases the play rate at lower levels because I think at level 5 it is a great card and an interesting card. But unfortunately, at level one or two, it's not
0: not for nothing. But with toxic sacrifice getting nerfed, and this getting, or well, toxic sacrifice getting burfed <laughs> and this getting buffed, um, this becomes a relatively decent anti-poison card now.
2: Yeah, to uh, just to comment on when you said that toxac was the uh, the biggest nerf, I think you forgot about booming professors.
0: I stand corrected. Booming professors, <laughs> Booming professors. in my mind, in my heart and soul, was already nerfed. When I see it on ladder, I'm just like, that doesn't have movement. You can't do that. You're cheating.
2: <laughs> this shouldn't be in the game. That's illegal.
0: <laughs> this is so clearly outside the power range of any of the other elders right now. Yeah. Chestnuts was nerfed. This has to have been nerfed. Come on. <laughs> All right, so moving on from there, this is the biggest, juiciest drop from the uh, Brejoza interview. Now, they had already mentioned it in the Ask Me Anything that uh, uh, some cool new uh, uh, modes for challenging friends were coming out. They also had dropped a while ago in the Discord had Brejoza when uh, he was there with Pavel. uh, They dropped a screenshot of something they were playing around with, where you could challenge friends with the rules from the different brawls. Well, in our interview with him, he dropped that that's not only a concept at this point, but it's going live October 1st.
2: Guys. Yeah, I am extremely excited. Tournament Guys! scene is going to be revived. It's going to be freaking awesome. Level three tournaments. Let's go. That's something <laughs> I wanted.
3: <laughs>
1: No longer do you have to play equals where everything is level one. You can cap your card at any level. You can change your starting mana so you don't have to start on three or four. You could start higher if you want to. And again, implementing the specialty brawl mechanics is Is huge. It just allows for a completely different game mode where you can uh, test out brawl decks, where you can play with your friends, where you can have some fun.
0: Not for nothing, but I've been completely reliant on um, more seasoned veteran players to help me design brawl decks because I haven't seen some of them yet. Uh, You know, now I think I've finally gone through the whole cycle. Having this lets new players experiment with friends and try out different deck recipes before figuring out what to bring into the brawl each week. Oh my god, that alone would have dropped my anxiety level easily two or three notches.
2: It was something that people really wished was in the game because they really enjoyed the brawl modifiers. It just sucks that they have to spend... To enjoy it, right? This time, it, it actually caters really nicely to more casual players who maybe doesn't want to uh, invest too much in the ga- uh, too much in Brawl, where there is like a risk when playing it. Now they can actually enjoy it with friends, and with the whole like new f- uh, friendly challenge system, it's gonna be a bit much easier for people to bring in newer players in the game and. You gotta. That's that's really 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 healthy for the game. I'm so excited.
0: And, and back to my whole point about certain cards never seeing play. Some of the cards that I have in my library are leveled up to level three solely because I play them in a particular brawl. Lucky Charmers, for example, is level three uh, for yeah. me only because I play it in the Pirate Brawl. If Sheepyard is trying to increase the play rate of all of their intellectual property, this introduction to the game is easily going to achieve that players are going to want to play with against each other and against have you know and have fun and try out different things and be like oh man if we're going to do that pirate brawl i better upgrade my you know seasick bouncers (laughs) whatever like that's what's going to happen people more cards are going to see play because of this introduction and i highly applaud that Oh yeah, Sabika. So what about you? Are we gonna Are we gonna play any? Uh, uh, what do you want to do? Which Which brawl you want to play against? me with it.
1: Yeah, we're definitely gonna be doing the Dragon Brawl nonstop.
0: Oh, <laughs> I like it. I like
1: it a lot. No, I think I think you're right. It's a way to let people make use of their library without waiting around for a couple months for the next brawl to start and it's a fantastic way for sheepyard to just let people be a little more creative and have a little more fun with the game
0: yeah not for nothing but there are players out there i'll give reckless his second shout out in this ep in the uh, this uh, podcast series because i think he deserves it he experiments with play concepts more than anybody else I know in the game. And if you drop tools like this out there that allow people to play their own sort of modified games with different rule sets, they will find stuff for you. They will innovate in ways that you can't even imagine yet. You're, you're basically throwing an idea out into the world and letting the world come up with a new way to, to turn it into a more fun uh, adventure. And Gosh, I'm excited to see what comes out of this. I've got to say the next three to four months with this in the game, I think there's going to be some huge leaps forward, not from Sheepyard themselves, but from the community. And Sheepyard has already demonstrated that they are capable and willing to listen to ideas from the community. So gosh, like that cycle is going to be nothing but positive. All right, listeners. Well, thank you so much for being with us uh, tonight. Uh, We apologize for how long this episode had to go, but there was just so much information in it. We hope you take away as much excitement for what's coming up as we do. And for all of the Brood Sages, uh, we wish that you uh, go out, have fun, and remember to stay hydrated.
1: Email us at thebroodsages at (laughs) gmail.com.
0: Clip that in. Very good.